The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Chalene Show is brought to you by the Courageous Confidence Club. Confidence is a strength that can be built and strengthened just like any muscle. You just have to do the right exercises. Your success, your likability, your influence are all determined by your confidence. It's the number one factor in determining your professional success, your happiness in relationships, and your ability to raise self-sufficient children. To feel more confident in social settings, this program is changing lives. I hope you'll check it out. Please visit our website at CourageousConfidenceClub.com. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene has helped thousands with her books, seminars, and online academies. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Push, and a mother of two. Hey there, I'm so happy you're back. First, I want to start by encouraging you to continue this conversation. I'm going to ask you to right now share the link to this podcast. I want you to share it to your Facebook wall or Twitter or Instagram or with a friend, someplace where you can get people to talk about this, especially this episode, because everyone deserves to be treated with dignity. This was a really eye-opening conversation for me. This whole week has been an eye-opening conversation. All week long, we've been talking about body image and body shaming, and I'm asking for your help to continue this conversation. I'm asking if you will share this podcast to your own email subscribers, to your Facebook wall, on Twitter, on Instagram. Share your own thoughts. I think the only way we can begin to have some resolution is with education. Because with every guest I've brought on the show this weekend and every story that I've shared, sometimes the body shaming comes from us. And in most cases, it's not somebody who is trying to be mean or do shaming. It's really just a matter of ignorance, not knowing how what we're doing makes someone else feel. So it's about awareness. It's self-awareness. And it's awareness of how, how our own actions might make others feel. And no, we're not responsible for everybody's feelings. I mean, I get it. We all have to be adults. But let's face it, there's room for improvement. I certainly know I've made some super ignorant comments, not only in my own DVDs, but in my own workouts. I've said some really dumb things that I didn't know would have a negative impact on the way people feel about their own bodies. I've got to grow. I've got room to improve. And I hope you feel the same way. And I hope that's why you will be inspired to share this episode. If there's one lesson I've learned this week in these conversations, it is that each of us hears a story, or takes in an experience through a very personal lens. You know, today we're going to talk to somebody, a friend of mine, who all her life has been dealing with the word skinny. Now, for some of you, for many of us, if someone were to call you skinny, you you would take it as a compliment, like, oh, oh my gosh, me? Well, thank you. Thank you so much. But there's a whole bunch of people out there who have felt that the word skinny is not a privilege or a compliment but something that was said to shame them, something that was said to identify them as different, not good enough, unlike everybody else. It was something that was said to make them feel bad. And maybe even if that wasn't the intention, that's what happened. Today, we talked to the founder of Carpool Chic, 
Kelly Nelson. She's a friend, she's a mom, she's an entrepreneur, and she's someone who, by her own definition, is naturally thin. She's going to share with us how this has haunted her her entire life and the guilt that she carried in even talking about the fact that it was really hurtful that people would say these things. I think we just accept it as common sense that it's it's shaming and it's rude and it's hurtful and it's not appropriate to call somebody overweight or fat, but yet somehow it's okay to joke with a thin person and say, what are you, anorexic? Do you need to eat? Do you ever eat? Like all of these things, right? We've, we've made that okay, yet we would never look at someone who is overweight and say, what, what are you, obese? What are you, morbidly obese? What's going on here? You know, we might think it, but we don't say it. Yet for whatever reason, we feel like it's okay to say it to someone who's thin. Thin people are expected to shrug it off, laugh it off if someone says something that's rude or mean or, or frankly hurtful about their weight. But I know that after hearing today's episode, you're going to think twice before making one of those comments, a comment that none of us probably intended to be hurtful. But after hearing Kelly's story, you're going to understand how just one very seemingly harmless comment can haunt someone the rest of their life. We all have different bodies. We all have different genetics. We all have different DNA. And when we start comparing people's bodies and talking about body image, positive or negative, it still is alienating. It's polarizing. And we all just want to belong. You know, we just want to be loved for who we are. We want to feel like we're enough. We don't want to feel like we're a disappointment or an outcast or, or that people would like us better if we were thinner or thicker or stronger or taller. We just want people to like us and to think we're good because we are good. Sure, it's true. People might be attracted to you initially because of your, the way that you look or the way that you sing or the people that you hang out with, right? All of these things might attract people to you initially, but they don't stick around. They don't stick around because of your size or the way that you look. People stick around because you're a good person. I think it's so hard, especially with society and social media today. Everything is so skewed. And so the second someone tries to be themselves and tries to be vulnerable and tries to um, share their struggles, they're going to hear it one way or another. And it's really hard, I think, from being thin all of my life. Um, you know, people, if ever I said anything, um, celebrated a, a, a victory of losing weight or bouncing back from having a baby, there, I do get the, oh, you're so lucky you're thin, or, you know, just comments like that, that people don't take the time to ask questions like maybe, why are you thin? Or have you been thin your whole life? Or mm. any kind of questions that would get to know me instead of just making assumptions or posting hurtful things. You know, that's interesting because I just thought, oh, that, that would be a nice way to ask the question. Have you been thin your whole life? And it's just weird the way things are. Like I, I can see that as being a kind question, a way to get to know someone and find out what the situation is or the story. But yet we would never say to someone, oh, have you been, have you been overweight your whole life? True. Yep. You know? And I think for me, the word thin in my brain is so much more well-received than skinny. Mm. To me, skinny has such a negative connotation. And maybe it's because those were some of the words that were used when I was growing up. And now I see myself as I am healthy and I am fit and I am thin and I am okay with that. But growing up, it was always, you're so skinny. Mm. And that has hurtful, it had hurtful meaning for a while for me. When was the first, the youngest age that you recall thinking to yourself, I look different than the other girls? 
Well, my, I have a twin sister and we both came down. This is a, a medical condition as to why I'm so thin. Um, it's a disease called dermatomyositis and it's a skin disease that affects the muscles. And so when we were little, my parents uh, were trying to get any kind of answers that they could as far as how to help us, what this disease was all about, um, treatment. This was a new thing, um, especially for identical twins. And so they would take us to these dermatology clinics where they would have residents and interns that would just come through over and over and over, like droves of them. They would come mm. into the room. They would make you look at, you know, they would look at your joints. They would make you stand up and sit down and test your muscles. And then it was on to the next one. But that was when I remember, A, I felt like a piece of meat because they never talked to us or it was a very not very um their bedside manner wasn't great mm. it was just like on to the next one and yeah. so that was immediately when I started to feel different Must not be so. a good difference what's the earliest you, re you remember those visits gosh my sister and I were diagnosed when we were five so it was kindergarten first grade-ish so would you say that it was going to the doctor that you realized like something must be different about us and then when did you look at other girls and say my sister and I we physically we look different um yeah i would think it was really early on that i realized that we were we were different but as we continued to grow up we got we were thinner because most girls you know you grow up and you you fill out as yeah. some people call it casey and i just got thin we were just always bone thin mm. and it, it was something to where like if a friend bumped into us not intentionally my sister would fall over mm. or um, there was one time I, I definitely remember that, that stuck with me for a long time and it took a lot of uh, EMDR therapy to get past. But I remember uh, vividly, we were outside and at school and these girls came up and they were like, oh, look at the Ethiopians. Mm. And like, what do you say to that? And I remember having a guy friend who actually stood up for us. But like, that's something that scarred me for life. And I don't know who, I don't even remember who the girls were or where they are in their lives right now. And they probably just said that off the cuff, but that took a long time for me to get past. And that's something that it affected the way I thought about myself, the way I started um, kind of, you know, like on, on um, like the twilight zone, how things all of a sudden come into super sharp focus after they get blurry when, when something crazy happens. Yes. It's kind of like that. Like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, something's not right. Now, yeah, and I remember that it was about that time when we're close to the same age, you're a little bit younger, but there were, <laughs> you know, they would show these television shows and they would show children who were starving in Ethiopia. Uh -huh. So it wasn't that you, the comment was about the fact that you were from Ethiopia. It was oh, gosh, yeah. at that time, people were associating starving children with yep. Ethiopia. And Absolutely. so, and so do you, feel like as a kid you were teased or bullied or or how would you describe the way you were uh you felt about your body definitely teased i was always very self-conscious of my legs um and so i never wanted to wear dresses or things like that which is um i, I ended up getting a dance major um but i was always different my my limitation i had limitations because of what we had but i was always the super thin one in the picture you know and it, it was always that's where my eye went to immediately as something that was not right. Did someone once say something about your legs? I mean, I think it went back, I'm sure there were so many comments that, uh, but the Ethiopian comment is the one that vividly mm. sticks out wow. in my head. Isn't it amazing that one comment, one comment from a child, a kid, mm -hmm. so many years later, and, and it's still, um, and, and I want to commend you, first of all, for for addressing it and, do, and admitting that you've done therapy. And what, what was it about, that comment you think that 
you remembered and carried it with you through your teen years and into your adulthood? I think because, like I mentioned before, that that, that girl didn't know me. She didn't know the, the doctors that we had gone through and the cattle prodding. You know, they poked every inch of our body trying to figure out what we had and, and how to address it. Like, she knew nothing about who I was or what my life had been like up to that point. And she just came and blurted out an assumption, not even assumption, it was just a cruel remark. And something like that just totally, honestly, I think altered the course of how I felt about myself for years and years and years. Do you ever feel guilty about the fact that, uh, you know, people are sometimes cruel? Like, do you ever feel like you don't have the same ability to say, oh, I was teased or I was bullied because I was thin because it seems it seems almost acceptable to say, oh, eat a hamburger or, you know, the way we treat thin people. Yep. I think um, sometimes it's just like I've learned that maybe I just don't want to hear it because I know that if I say something, then I'll get the, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, go eat a hamburger. Oh, you know, whatever. You don't have to worry about dieting or do you ever work out? You know, like any of those things, like it's almost I'd rather just be quiet and accept my story and my struggles and mm-hmm. not say it because I don't feel like hearing the negative comments of what other people have to say because they're not willing to get to know me. So what did it, what did it say about you as a, as a kid growing up that people were calling you skinny? What did it say about you? How did it make you feel about yourself? Uh, in going through EMDR therapy, I've realized that it made me feel like uh, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't good enough. I, wasn't, um, I didn't fit in. I always felt like I was on the outside circle of the cool kids club. Um, and, and that could have been anything. Like I, I was so focused on my studies in school that I never partied a lot or anything like that. So, I mean, who knows what that was all about. But at the same time, I always felt like I wasn't good enough. I, I didn't um, meet up to my own expectations, you know, or I guess what society wanted to put on me. I, I, with my dance um, stuff, I was never flexible enough to go and um, audition for the performing arts high school. So I mm-hmm. stayed in regular high school. And, and then when I was in college, I knew that I could never go to New York to audition as a full-time dancer because I didn't have the talent. I had the, some of the skills, but I didn't have the flexibility and I couldn't keep up. And so it made me feel like I was less and not good enough, always not good enough. Do you remember trying to actually gain weight or give people the appearance that you were, weren't as small as oh you were? Gosh, yes. I mean, my mom and my sister and I had healthy appetites. And that's one of the things, you know, like thin people, we eat a lot. We like to eat. It's mm-hmm. just for me, it was always hard to put on weight. My mom would give us, um, what are those things? Carnation instant breakfast shakes yeah. uh-huh. because she thought that, you know, that would help us put on weight. And, and even once I finally got to be an adult and I started learning about fitness and honestly <laughs> but wait I want to I want to keep you yeah. there though I want to keep you back in elementary and especially that age when girls because we find that a lot of girls start dieting around like 10 11 12 which is so young Girl. it's even younger mm-hmm. now but do you remember thinking around that time like okay I've got to do something different with the way I'm eating so that I can gain weight and and yeah, what do you remember my mom actually hired a personal trainer for my sister and I um, he came over to their house and he, you know, showed us things to eat and stuff like that. So we would pack our little lunches and we would go to school and, you know, we would get weird looks from the kids cause we were eating, you know, turkey and pasta instead of whatever the pizza or burgers they were, you know, but it was something that would help us or he was trying to help us to gain weight, you know, and again, you get the dirty looks for being different. So it's something that that stigma keeps following me along. 
And did you dress differently? Were, I mean, how, how did that affect you as a teenager? Um, I think I was always, I wore pants a lot. So I, I didn't show off my body. And back in the, it was the 90s. So I mean, everything was baggy, which I guess was good. Um, so I didn't have to be as um, aware. But I mean, like, we wore stirrup pants. And those <laughs> were usually really thin and showed your legs. And so I was, I was self conscious about those kind of things, because you never knew. It was always like, um, you, you'd walk into the hallway, and you never knew if somebody was gonna make a comment or not, you know, so it was always like putting up your guard kind of a thing. It's interesting because I think most teenage girls to be, you know, I'm saying this now as an adult woman, but as a teenage girl, teenage girls love, it's such a compliment to hear themselves called skinny or, oh, mm -hmm. she's skinny. That's like the ultimate compliment, unfortunately. And, mm -hmm. but did it feel like a compliment when you were that age? No, because, no, because that word was such a nasty word to me. Mm. And even if people said I was thin, it's almost like, Compliment me something, do something else. That's the one thing mm. that people always say. Oh, you're so skinny. Oh, eat a cheeseburger. How about, wow, I really love your eyes or you've got a great smile. You know, nobody ever went there. Round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> Kelly, you've got a great sense of style. You have beautiful eyes and you're an amazing mother and an amazing businesswoman if no one's told you that yet today. Thank you. I appreciate that very much and I accept it. Now let's talk about when you start to make that transition, you realize like, hey, um, now I'm an adult and people are, are still being really rude or, or thoughtless. Tell me about what that looks like as an adult. Um, so for me, and I don't know if it's just those comments from growing up that it just kind of altered my um, perspective on things. But I remember like, going into the mall or going grocery shopping and you know how you just pass someone and they casually glance or who knows maybe they were looking for an item and they needed to turn to look at it after you passed them but you happen mm -hmm. to catch eyes and mm -hmm. you thought they were looking at you mm -hmm. to me the first thing that always popped into my mind is oh they're judging me or mm. why are they looking at me they think i'm skinny oh my god she just saw my legs i knew i shouldn't have worn this skirt wow or, you know like it, it was it always came down and and that was up until maybe about a year ago that I would pass people in the mall and they would just look in my eyes. I'm like, oh God, they saw my legs or, oh, they're making judgments about how thin I am. And what kind of things would people say? You know, it wasn't even as an adult, it wasn't it, in those kind of situations. It wasn't that they would say anything. It's mm -hmm. that I would, yeah. I would make assumptions based on their looks, but I have been in situations um, where it, the most recent one, it happened maybe a year ago. Okay. We were in a, a public setting with like a lot of friends and people that I look up to and people that I, I trust. And um, one of the guys yelled across the room, Jim, and, and this is when I felt really good about myself. Hmm. One of the guys yells across the room, hey, Jimmy, and he turns around. Jimmy, your like, husband? Yes, sorry. Um, he's like, go feed your wife. Mm. And I mean, it, like, and this was after I had gotten through EMDR therapy. So I just, it, it punched me in the stomach. And then I, you know, took a deep breath. And I was like, okay, it's fine. You know, and I moved on. But had I not taken the time to go through um, therapy about it, it's something that I would probably just walk around in, in a muumuu or yoga pants, you know, or something baggy. Because it was finally, I was wearing something that I finally felt confident in. And it was something that I would have never worn previously. Isn't that just crazy? Can I ask, because I, I know that you and your husband are both health coaches, were mm -hmm. you in an environment where there were other health professionals and was this person who yelled at somebody who was in? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Isn't that crazy how we just, we really need to be 
we've got to we've got to talk about this. We've got to talk about awareness and to think that you know because if someone were to yell across the room, "Hey, go! Hey, put your wife on a diet!" Everyone would like attack, oh would jump on him, attack him, punch him. You know totally. what I mean? Because totally. we know that's so rude, that's so insensitive. How dare you? But it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Why is that okay? Why was it okay to shame not only you but your husband about your body? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy to me. And I'm sorry that happened, but I'm also very grateful that you were in a place mentally where it didn't set you back. Right. Oh, I can't even imagine how I would have dealt with it other like if it had been a year a year ago. What is the worst part? I mean, cuz I know everyone's like, "Oh gosh, I would die to be thin," you know. But let's talk about it. Without excuse, without saying, uh, without apologizing for it, what's the worst part about growing up thin? <laughs> Having to shop in the little kids' clothing stores, mm-hmm. and now everything's got like glitter on it, and I'm way <laughs> too old to be wearing glitter. To be shopping I mean, at Justice. So- sometimes, yeah, you know, I can fit it, <laughs> and it fits much better than the grown up stuff. That's so you know, funny. but just, just, I'm self conscious enough with my body, and finding clothes is something that's so hard. And then to have to go into a clothing store and to be beat down and beat down and beat down because this pair of jeans doesn't fit, or this pair of pants is too big, or everything just looks like a bag on you. You know, mm. like that's just, and, and I'm sure it's the same for people who are overweight. Like going to the store is a traumatic experience. Yeah, that's why, that's why we have so much in common. You know, Mm -hmm. all of us. And and so it's interesting for me to even just the story you told about walking through the mall and having someone glance at you. And I I know that people who struggle with their weight feel those very same things. Like, were they staring at me? Was it my body? Is there something wrong with me? No one said anything. But is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And that's where my mind goes immediately. What is it that inspired you to change the way you feel about your body? To do therapy? I think I was tired of hiding. I was tired of of letting those things get to me. My husband, Jimmy, is is so incredibly supportive and has helped me to realize what a beautiful and strong woman I am and healthy woman I am. And I was tired of um, letting those comments and letting those glances or glares get the best of me because I knew I was better than that. I knew I deserved not to feel bad about myself when I went out in public. Um, and I knew that something needed to change. And so what did you do? How did you decide to make that change? Uh, so I, I decided to go to EMDR therapy and I found um, through a recommendation of a friend, it was actually um, a girl who loves EMDR therapy, but she's a child psychologist hmm. and a child therapist. So I felt uh, that that she was very kind and that she would handle me with kid gloves as opposed to just picking some random man or woman, you know, that you see online. Um, but for me, it was just like talking to a friend. And it was a little weird because she was my age. And so I thought immediately, I, immediately my walls went up, mm. you know, and I, I, it took a while for me to let my guard down and to really know that in order for things to get better and in order for me to feel better about myself, that I had to be really, really honest and just open up and share all those moments that I didn't want to share with anybody else or that mm. I didn't get to explain to anybody else because nobody else ever asked. Wow. So what are some of the things that someone, you know, I mean, because I want the show to be about awareness. I really want the show to be about awareness. I want people to recognize that it's, it's not about us. It's not that somebody looking at you means anything mean. It's not that even the, the guy who yelled across the room, have, hey, have you fed your wife lately? It's not that he meant to be cruel. He just didn't know. 
And, right. and so we've, we've got to bring awareness to this. And so what are some of the things you should probably think before you say, or, or perhaps avoid <laughs> saying to someone who happens to be thin? I think just there's such a lack of awareness anyway, like people's filters have just kind of gone out the window. And I don't know if it's because of social media and people can just comment and drop bombs and then run away. <laughs> and that's just kind of like true bled into their personal lives. But for me, and, and from being so thin, some of the things that I get a lot now um, and that I've gotten my whole life has been, you know, one, go eat a cheeseburger or do you eat? Mm. I, you know, and as a, as a healthy fit person, I, cheeseburgers would be something that I would choose something different if I were going to eat or <laughs> right. when I do eat, you know. Um, another thing that people tell me all the time, my wrists are extremely small and they're always like, oh, let me look at, let me measure your wrists or your, um, your whole leg is as big as my arm. Like they try and compare mm. their body parts to my body parts, yeah. not realizing that I am, and I'm in the best shape of my life right now. And I recently, we were on vacation and I posted a picture and uh, I got one lady and, and it was talking about, you know, my pregnancy um, and, and coming back from, from uh, losing weight from my pregnancy and stuff like that. And one lady, and I felt really good in this picture. One lady was like, you're scary skinny. And for a second I had a pause and I'm like, she doesn't know. So I just delete, instead of responding, I just deleted it. But I think it's more of like, if we're bringing awareness, think about who you're talking to and maybe just get to know them and not even from a, not even starting from a, well, have you been thin your whole life or have you always struggled with your weight or, you know, like make it about something else, get to know the person. And eventually those kind of situations or those kind of topics, if you're really that curious will come up. I think that's a great point because when people are making a comment like that, they're veiling it as concern. Like, I do, do you eat or do you think she's anorexic? Or do you think, oh. you know, those kind of things, it's, it's veiled as concern, but someone who's truly concerned would actually want to know more. And, and oh, so yeah. is it concern or is it judgment? Oh, I think it's totally judgment. I have, there was one time when I um, had just started my fitness journey and I posted progress pictures and I was so excited to post them um, because I felt like I was getting stronger and, you know, I was doing well. And this one lady, we went back and forth. She really thought that I was um, anorexic and she was trying to tell me that I was in denial. Based on a photo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, no. And I explained that it was a medical condition and she was like, well, denial is the first thing. And I'm like, okay, then, then you just need to go away. You know, you don't need to be my friend because you're not seeing where I'm coming from and that this is a positive thing for me that I am building muscle and trying to gain weight as opposed to seeing the negative or judging. And so, you know, for people who are listening, this might sound confusing because they can't see you. Um, and, and, but I'll put show links in our show notes so that people can connect with you because I know this is going oh, to touch a lot of people who will be able to say, thank you. You gave me a voice in this episode. But I think people, when they hear, well, wait a second, if you've struggled with being thin all of your life, why would you ever be trying to lose weight? But I think what, to, to clarify and not to speak on your behalf, but because I know you, it's about getting back in shape after you have a baby. We all know that no matter how thin you are, your stomach is all gushy and gooey after you have a baby. And who doesn't want to feel healthier, stronger? And you have to carry a certain amount of body fat in order to carry a child. And so I think that's where the misconception might be. So explain when you say, you know, I'm trying to lose weight or get back after baby. What did that mean? I gained 56 pounds. How did that feel? I... 
I had trouble walking. Um, I had trouble getting in and out of the car. I didn't sleep well. It, it was something like I felt like a slug. Like, I mean, granted, I have a person moving inside and growing inside of me. So that's one thing. But like, it was a real um, eye opener and a real shock. I think society um, glamorizes the post baby bounce back that women, you know, some women can walk out of the hotel, I mean, <laughs> the hotel, the hospital in the jeans that they wore pre pregnancy. And so I thought, hey, well, I guess I'm going to do that too. And I was so swollen that I couldn't even fit in the clothes that I brought. You know, I mean, it's, and, and so coming back from that, it's not that I was trying to um, lose the baby weight. It was that I was trying to rediscover who I was because I think that um, I lost a lot of who I was, who I was as a person. You get wrapped up into being a wife and a mom, especially a new mom. And so I lost sight of who, who Kelly was. And so for me, that journey was rediscovering myself finding a new me that wasn't pregnant Kelly, that wasn't wife Kelly, that wasn't mom Kelly, that wasn't corporate Kelly, but that was who I was. Yeah. Nobody else was around who I was. And I think there's a real misconception too uh, when people say, oh, I'm working out or I'm on this eating plan or you know, I'm following this guide, that people immediately assume that it's because you want to lose weight. Ah. And I will say, Thanks to you, I did, I did one of your programs, Shalene Extreme, and that's when I really gained a lot of confidence. It helped me to realize that I was strong. It showed me how to um, lift weights properly and things like that so that when I would go into a gym, the stairs may come and the glares may come, but I felt confident. Ooh, I love I knew that. that. I was strong. So what was it like for the first time? Because I assume while you were pregnant, I don't know, but I assume that while you're pregnant, you stopped getting those, oh, you're so thin, eat a burger, like for the first time. No, no. You still were getting I them. The, I got I got the, you look like a meatball on too thick. <gasps> oh, so it was yep. still happening. Oh, yes. And so I was so self-conscious even then. Wow. Mm-hmm. What do you think parents need to know? Because your parents did the best they could to try to shield the two of you and make you feel strong and, you know, find a personal trainer to help you feel strong. Did they ever tell, tell you um, this is your fault or you should try to eat more? How, how did they make this either better or worse? And, and I know you love them, but what can we share with parents? I think that they have been the most supportive. They, they were pretty clueless about this whole skin disease that Casey and I had. And, and so they were doing their best to try and figure out what it was and how to, to make life as as good as possible or the best that it could be for us. And again, to shield us from as much as they could. But I think parents just need to make sure that they lift their kids up. Society is so full of so much negativity. And let's face it, kids in school are mean between bullying and social media and comments that are left on pictures and things like that. Kids are just plain mean these days. And so sometimes parents are the only voice of love or acceptance, or an uplifting tone, or even a hug to make their kids feel beautiful, guy or girl, you know, so just really be aware of that. And and I'm sure you've spoken on this, that know the kids of your friends, know mm, who they're yeah. surrounding themselves with, because if you're, if they're surrounding themselves with kids who are mean, or who are hurtful, then that's sending them in a downward spiral, you know, be their biggest cheerleader. Or trying to have those kids be their friends. I've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so hard. what would you say to someone who um, still struggles with this today, who, who's an adult woman listening to this podcast or an adult male who all their life, all their life, they've dealt with th these comments, um, the lack of etiquette, uh, the lack of common sense and, and just 
they're 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 dealing with this today as an adult. What would you what advice would you have for them? That's really hard. Um, I, I my number one recommendation is to go find a great EMDR therapist. Um, and and really, if you're using social media and if that's where you spend a lot of your time scroll, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever, shut out the negative people in your life. Um, it may seem like, oh my gosh, this person's been my best friend since I was three. How can I unfriend them? If they're negative in your life, they're continually pulling you down. Surround yourself with people who lift you up and who make you feel good about yourself. That's great advice. And so for someone who says, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm at a stage where I actually need to do therapy about this. How do you open up the dialogue with someone perhaps who's in your circle of friends, who's, you know, what can you say to someone who's always making a rude comment and they don't realize it's rude? I think you just have to, there, there comes a point, for me at least, when I just get tired and tired of hearing the comments, tired of maybe dodging the person because I don't want to hear the comments. And there comes a point where I think <laughs> you just have to be a little ballsy and say, look, these kind of comments <laughs> are hurtful to me. Um, or let me explain, let me share with you a little bit about my life so that Ooh. you can understand why these comments are hurtful. I love that, Kelly. That's Thanks. so awesome. You know, you <laughs> said, um, when I asked what it felt like growing up, you said, I was just never good enough. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I was good enough. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't talented enough. I wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Are you enough today? Absolutely. And granted, there are things that I know that um, are weak points in my life, things that I know that I can improve, um, but it's things that um, I'm willing to fix and I'm willing to work on, but I know that I am a good wife. I know that I am a good mother. I know that I'm a great business partner, you know, and I've surrounded myself. I'm a good friend. I've surrounded myself with people who lift me up and who support me and who are positive influences in my life. Um, and for some people in my, who may have been in my circle of friends or even family members prior to all of this, um, this revelation or this rediscovery, you know, it might be hurtful because we may not talk to them as much or we may not mm -hmm. spend our time with mm -hmm. them. But at the same time, if that's, that's a choice that I had to make, that I was not going to surround myself with people who were going to not build me up. Wow. Yeah. And you know, you, you said the way that you know that you are, you are enough today. It, it was easy. I didn't even have to ask why. You said, I am a good mother. I am a good wife. I'm a good business partner. I'm a good friend. And so the word good is there. You know that you're good. And, mm -hmm. and you didn't mention your health. You didn't mention your body or your appearance or your money. You said, I am a good person to the people who are good to me. And I think it's really important that sometimes we do have to remove people or at least distance ourselves from mm -hmm. those people who routinely make us feel as though we're not enough because we are. Totally. And I say, you know, it's also hard too, because I mean, I look at myself in the mirror when I work out or when I'm getting ready in the morning and there are still areas, you know, and some people call it, um, body dysmorphia or things that, you know, when you can never, ever see anything good, there's always things about my body or about my life that I want to change or that I think, eh, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I am in a pretty sweet spot right now. I, <laughs> instead of, instead of focusing on those things, I stop, I take a deep breath and I count my blessings because those things are so superficial and the comments that I get good or bad. I mean, like, you post pictures. I don't post pictures for people to pat me on the back. I post pictures because I'm proud of my hard work. You know, it's like I have to, you have to draw a line and, and take a deep breath and say, okay, what are the good things in my life instead of focusing on the things that, 
you know, might hurt you. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if on Instagram you could post something about being a good wife or a good mother and it would get as many likes and as much attention as, oh you know, as as a woman in a bikini <laughs> doing push-ups. You know, it's, it's right? it is what it is. But Kelly, I, I can't thank you enough for your honesty, your vulnerability, and, and for shedding some light on this subject. I know I have more to learn. I have learned from my close friends like you, uh, like Dr. Michaela, things that I've said in my past that I never meant for it to be hurtful towards anyone, even in teaching classes sometimes, mm-hmm. that I just, I'm so glad that I continually become aware and that all of us are a work in progress. And that we have people like you who are willing to be honest and share their story and in the process, inspire others. Kelly, how can people connect with you? I would love for people to reach out to me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Carpool Chic. And I'm on Instagram as Kelly Sanji Nelson, all one word. Awesome. And I'll put links to both of those in our show notes because I I know this is going to be very therapeutic for a lot of people. Kelly, you are enough. You're more than enough. And it was an honor to spend this time with you today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Please be sure to visit Kelly's Facebook page. I know there's so many of you who probably heard something in her story that was, it was just such a relief because it was, it was your story. So please connect with her by going to facebook.com forward slash carpool chic. She has awesome videos, hysterical videos on just trying to be a mom and a business partner and and look cool and chic and do all of these things and at the same time be effective and fun. So I know you'll enjoy that. I also want to thank each and every one of you who have left your personal story for me by going to SpeakPipe. But most importantly, I want to thank you for bringing awareness to this topic. I mean... I just can't say enough about the importance of sharing these last three episodes. It's it's the only way we're going to bring more awareness to this. And and the bottom line is that's what it's going to require is awareness. Most importantly, you know I'm an advocate for parenting. And I'm an advocate for your kids. We've got to stop talking about body images in front of our kids. We've got to stop looking at them and making those comments that, come on, people. Your child deserves every possible advantage. Tell them everything they're doing right without shaming their bodies. Trust me, they're going to get enough of that from every other inch of society. They don't need it from mom and dad too. Be a loving, caring, supportive parent. Talk to them about health and energy and, and feeling good, but don't talk to them about the size of their thighs or their belly, or anything else about their bodies. I mean, there's just no way to do it and have them not receive the message in a negative way. There just isn't. No matter how politely you think you've said it and, and it's in their best interest, it's not. Instead, live by example, lead by example. Buy healthier foods, start moving with them. Don't tell them to go outside and exercise. Be someone who they wanna spend time with doing activities. <sighs> drives me crazy when people, they never see their kids and then they wonder why their children are overweight and only want to play video games and don't want to move, yet mom and dad are sitting on the couch on their devices, not moving, not eating healthy food either. The bottom line is you can't take your own negative body image and your own concerns about how others might treat your children and think that you're protecting your children by talking to them about their body image. Give them every possible opportunity to be healthy to have lots of energy, to feel good about themselves because they're going to get it from every other angle. Every other inch of society is going to tell them that they are not good enough. 
the two people who should be giving them the message you are beautiful and amazing and you are valuable because of who you are on the inside not the outside that needs to come from you mom and dad you so make sure you're buying healthy food make sure you're giving them lots of opportunities to exercise but stop talking about their bodies except as the beautiful temples that God made okay I'm off my soapbox you are the bomb.com <laughs>